0: Merry Christmas, Internet. Welcome into the 10 Things Podcast. My name, jolly old St. Craig, next to me in a Santa hat and an ugly sweater, Aaron, literally Nicholas Nicholas. Brooks. Yes. I don't know if you wanted to tell everybody your middle name on the podcast, Uh, but we just did.
1: I'm all good with that.
0: You are St. Nicholas.
1: Yes. Uh, This is your favorite time of year. Yeah, this is my season.
0: By far your favorite time of year. It's not even close. Not even close. Uh, July 4th, the independence of our country, who the heck
1: cares? That's why I celebrate Christmas in July. (laughs) You do. I do. I forgot (laughs) about that. You do.
0: Uh, You weirdo. Um, But it's Christmas time, and uh, the next couple of weeks, that's all we're talking about is Christmas. Uh, We've been... uh, It was honestly, if we're being honest... um, it, we were restraining ourselves yes. to not do the entire month of December talking about Christmas stuff. Next year. Um, so it could come down next year. But um, we had to um, We had to spend a lot of time on Christmas stuff. And um, there is a plethora of things you can talk about when it comes to Christmas. There's a plethora of things that you can talk about when it comes to this season. I mean, traditions, movies, entertainment, music, food. Gifts. Um, Everything, even sports. I mean, everything yeah. we typically cover on this podcast can fit into the category when it comes to Christmas time. And uh, today, we are going to start out with the 10 things about movies you have to watch during the Christmas season. Must watch movies. In other words, these are movies that if you are not watching them at some point between Thanksgiving and and Christmas Day, even, let's go even a little bit beyond Christmas Day, because, you know, I am, I'm one of those people, don't do anything Christmas related before Thanksgiving, but you can go till New Year's with Christmas
1: stuff. Take I that totally extra I totally agree with that, yeah. Um, so, a lot of people have extra time off during that week. Yeah. So, you could, you know, you could take the opportunity to get in some of these great films.
0: Um. So check out some of these movies and I'm sure um we're going to leave off some that you may hold really dear to your yourself and your family. Um it's just a given. There's only we can only have time for 10. We'll list some honorable mentions in there too, but um now we need to say this up at the very top. We are excluding Christmas TV specials from our list. And I think I think we can both say this includes Hallmark movies yes um those aren't real movies anyway yeah i don't don't classify them don't at me um but we're also excluding like network tv specials like a charlie brown christmas rudolph the red-nosed reindeer frosty how the grinch stole christmas um the original yeah um and you know any of the like charlie brown yeah toy story made um you know some kind of Network TV Christmas special, um, the minions, I mean all these little ones. They're little half hour specials or something like that. Um we are we're excluding that. We are talking feature length films uh for Christmas that were more than likely probably in theaters.
1: But we're not saying that they sh- that those holiday specials should be excluded from your watch list. That's right. They should be included. Yeah. They are must-watch. They
0: are probably more must-watch than any of the yes. movies we're going to mention on our so list. So
1: you just go ahead and watch those.
0: Um, so those are what we're talking about today, and um, I think we would be re- – I have a feeling – this is one of those things – there wasn't like a ton of research to do No, um, for this kind of topic, but um, – plenty of opinions plenty of talking points aaron you are mr christmas um do you want to start it or do you want to end it uh end it okay well if that's the case then we're gonna hit hit this thing off right with number one for me and um this is we talked about right before we recorded um you know, what, how, how do we even do this? Do we want to do like our 10 to one, you know? And I, I'm going to tell, say for me, this is in no particular order for me. I'm not giving like, the first one I mentioned is not like my favorite, but it's not the worst either. You know, it's just, I'm just, I put a bunch on a list and I'm just talking about them. So number one for me is home, alone. Okay. It's not christmas season if you have not watched the classic macaulay culkin film home alone um this is something uh we used to when i was younger back when i lived with my parents back when i was at home as a kid um on thanksgiving weekend usually thanksgiving night we found ourselves watching home alone Um, just one of those traditions that kicked off the christmas season for us and so we would sit down and watch home alone there's just something about watching macaulay culkin screaming and running around a house, planning out this incredible heist. Many of the things on that list, if everything happened to a burglar on the list that Macaulay Culkin did to the people on Home Alone, those people would probably not survive it. That is correct. Or they would be in serious
1: need of medical assistance. According to Dr. Ryan St. Clair... The skin and bone tissue on Harry's skull would be so damaged and rotted that his skull bone would essentially die and require a (laughs) transplant. Okay, so doctors have looked at this movie to help us understand how brutal the attack Kevin launched on uh, Marv and Harry was.
0: Yeah, so this movie came out in 1990. Um, It is the story of Kevin McAllister, uh, played by Macaulay Culkin, um, he is he's the main character in this movie, even as a child. He, the, the, I found it interesting. There's a lot of facts with Home Alone if you look back at trivia and stuff like that. The idea for this movie came when they were filming Uncle Buck. Yes. Um, and so the, I, the premise of the movie, if you've been living under a rock for some reason and don't know what the movie Home Alone is, <laughs> I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of it. But Kevin McAllister, uh, he's honestly a, a brat at the beginning of the movie. He's a, he's a, he's a selfish kid. Um, he basically says, I don't like my family anymore. I don't care about them. And so he, he, he has an altercation with his mom at the beginning of the movie. And some of his uncles, the whole family's in town. They're going to go on a Paris trip for Christmas. And so his whole family is there and they're having a conversation. They get in a fight. Mom sends him to his room. He oversleeps. Um, the family oversleeps as well uh, late for their flight. So they rush. They accidentally leave Kevin at home. And this is one of those movies that if cell phones were around back then, the movie wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. Um, because it would be a quick text message away from saying, hey, yes. are you home? <laughs> yes. Um, but they leave the kid at home and chaos ensues. Eventually there's a couple of uh, burglars, the wet bandits. Um Two great character actors there, by the way, also. Yes. Um, who come in and try to rob the place. Of course, little Kevin McAllister plants these elaborate traps and booby traps. And uh, the whole movie is just amazing. It produced a couple of sequels. Home Alone 2 was um, not as good as the original, but still really solid.
1: I think I actually like it better. Do you really? I find it. I find it funnier. I find the attack funnier. Okay. I can honestly say I don't watch it every year, though.
0: I know mm-hmm. my wife likes it, and she would watch it every year. We just it, it doesn't come on as much, and I don't I don't own a DVD player anymore, so.
1: Well, you just have to, you know, keep it in your DVR somehow. Yeah. Um,
0: now, after that, the Home Alones get terrible. Yes. Macaulay Culkin didn't do the third one, did he? No. It was no. some, and they made like three or four since then that
1: were just terrible. Disney Plus is actually <clears throat> excuse me they are doing a new Home Alone. Are they really? It's going to be a Disney Plus original for next year. Um Oh, I think
0: I heard about that.
1: Yes. And so they've got a uh, they've got some fairly well-known cast going to be in this film. Um But didn't I... It's not going to be Kevin McAllister, though.
0: Yeah, didn't I hear that it was going to be a different premise, too? Like, it's going to be... I thought I read an article about it that said it was completely not what you would expect from Home Alone.
1: What I read from Disney Plus said he's going to be left at home. They go on a vacation. He gets left at home. So to me, it sounded like the same exact premise. Just it's different. It's a different kid, different family, different, you know, there's no Harry and Marv in it. It's going to be different bandits, everything, Okay, but they're redoing the movie.
0: I mean, I would be okay with that because, I mean, at this point, they've made so many terrible sequels that nobody watches anyway. So even if it's a flop, it doesn't really matter. Um, And that's one thing when it comes to remakes. um, You know, I have always said for a long time, I would love to, I think it would be interesting to see a sequel, or not a sequel, but a remake of It's a Wonderful Life. Which I, we're gonna mention it later on in the episode, but, um, I, I understand that you don't want to touch an original and a classic, and you don't want to screw it up. But at the same time, the, that will always be there. Why not? Let's take a crack and see what we can do. I know that's controversial. It is. But I, I don't. I don't see the huge deal about trying to do a remake, because I mean, you look back at Ghostbusters when they redid that with the all-female cast and the whole new premise and stuff like that. Um, it was off. I didn't even watch it. Right. But I, nothing I heard about it was positive. No. And, um, so, but it's not like, you know, it killed the franchise either. You know, they're going to come, they're coming out with a Ghostbusters 2020. Yes. Something like that. And it's supposed to be amazing. So it's not going to kill the franchise. I think it just adds, you know, you just throw that one away and you've always got the originals and the classics.
1: Ellie Kemper, who played Aaron Hannon in the office. And comedian Rob Delaney um, will be starring in the reimagined Home Alone film Okay. Uh, as the parents, and um, let's see Archie Yates I believe is going to be playing the kid.
0: Okay, hey, I'll be interested in see it. I like again. Just Home Alone is one of those classics you got to watch.
1: It's also it was a movie that was an extremely low-budget film. About a month ago, I watched a short documentary on Home Alone and its creation. And it was it was an extremely low-budget film. It was pitched, uh, I cannot remember who had the option first at it, but then they turned it down. They began filming and shut it down quickly and said, we're not doing this. So they immediately took it to 20th Century Fox, I think, who ended up wow. with it. And filmed it, and good for them. It still wasn't a big hit at the box. It's become huge, yeah. Since then, yeah. Also, John Candy made an appearance in it. I found this interesting. He only filmed it one in one day. Mm-hmm. It was a it's long true. day, twenty-three hour day. He made four hundred and forty bucks, I believe it was, yeah, for his role yeah. in Home Alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it was all improvised too. Yes. All his parts were improvised. Yes, uh, he knew what the direction was supposed to go in. And now you got to remember him and I can't John Hughes. Yeah, and the woman who plays the mom, and I can't remember her name right now, but they were part of Second City, I yes. think, together. And so they were used to improv They were. And I think they were the only two that really interacted with yes. each other. He, you know, he never interacted with the dad and the kids and all that stuff. It was just him and the mom.
1: Also, Daniel Stern, who plays one of the bandits. Yeah. Is he Harry? He's Harry. Yes. it was. He had the part, but then wanted more money than they were willing to pay. And so he said, I'm out. And they went and got, uh, can't think of his name. He played in Matlock with Andy Griffith uh, to do the part. And then something happened and he couldn't do it. Maybe filming issues with another film. And so they had to come back to Daniel Stern and he got the part. Just imagine if he had not been oh my in the gosh, film, man. it would have changed it so yeah,
0: much. It would have changed. So Home Alone, number one on my list for today.
1: Okay. Number two. Uh, this is one that I really like to kind of kick off the Christmas season with, and that is the film Elf. Yes. 100%. Uh,
0: 2003,
1: I believe is when this movie was created. True story. Um, starring Will Ferrell as Elf. Interesting fact, they wanted, um, Jim Carrey for the role. Yeah. And I heard about that. I like Jim Carrey, but I cannot imagine no. that movie without Will Ferrell yeah. as Elf. So I think that's a great thing that he ended up with that part. Um, as far as quotable Christmas movies go, I don't know if there's anything that can top Elf. No, it was an
0: instant classic. Yes. I mean, the, the year it came out, it was one of the most beloved movies, Christmas movies to hit the big screen in recent memory.
1: I meant to wear my elf shirt today and forgot, <laughs> but uh, one of my sisters got me a shirt, and it's you know it's green with the yellow feet on it, and it says Santa's coming, Santa's coming. I know him. Um, What's
0: your favorite elf quote?
1: Oh my goodness! I
0: mean, if you had to, we could do a whole episode and we ten might things do about it. elf. Ten things about uh, yes. elf, but
1: um, oh boy, probably talking to the fake mall Santa, he says, <laughs> you don't smell like Santa. You smell like beef and cheese. It's so good. You sit on a throne of lies. Um, <laughs> uh, that's probably my favorite. Um, you, you can't, I think my favorite is
0: bye buddy. Hope you find your dad.
1: <laughs> it's a, that's a great one. <laughs> I mean, it's right uh. out the gate. Um, the, as you said, it's an instant classic, uh, it may be the greatest mo- Christmas movie of the 2000s. I'm quickly going through my mind trying to think of any other Christmas movies, and I can't think of anything it's, that would top that.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely the best of the 2000s, I think. And it's, pro- man, I think for a lot of people, it is the number one. I think for most people, it's probably in their top five. I think it's in my top five. It's I'm in my honest. top five. I don't think there's many people that would disagree with that. Um. Even if you don't like Will Ferrell,
1: no, I I know a lot of people who do not like yeah, Will Ferrell. My wife they enjoy is one that of that role,
0: and Elf is her favorite Christmas movie, and she cannot stand <laughs> Anchorman or any of the other Will Ferrell movies, but she loves Elf.
1: Um, Elf is, yeah, I think it's easily in my top five, and it's one that I would enjoy watching closer to Christmas, but I like to start the season off with that one. Because uh, typically after I watch Elf, then I watch some of the the lesser Christmas films leading up to some of the great ones closer to Christmas. And so it's not a knock on Elf, it's how much I enjoy that movie that it really kicks off the holiday season uh, for us. Another great quote just hit me in the head is when uh, he's told, you know, call me Elf one more time. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's an angry elf. It's an angry elf. I, I, mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, we could we could literally do an episode of the top
0: ten quotes from Elf. I mean, Cotton-headed n- Ninny Muggins. Oh
1: yes, I forgot about that
0: one. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many, so many. He, um, the best way to spread Christmas cheer?
1: Singing loud for all to hear. We have that hanging on a wall in our house. We have a we have a Christmas, um, you know, what do you call those things that you hang on a wall? artwork yeah artwork there we <laughs> go I <laughs> knew that was a difficult term uh we have a christmas artwork piece that says that so it's it's become that quotable that you go to your favorite home decorating stores and you will find pieces with elf quotes on it that popular of a movie so number number 2 is elf love it
0: okay Moving right along to number three. Um, again, you've got to watch these movies every year at Christmas time. Um, my number three is um, this one. May not make a lot of people's top ten lists. This is why when I, at the beginning of this podcast, I said I want to throw some in there that you may not be expecting. And for me, this is probably um one of the top three of the two thousands for me. I'm going to stay in in this millennium. Um, Fred Claus. Okay. Okay. I love the movie Fred Claus. Now, I know this is not like one of those classic movies. It's not not the kind of movie that, you know, a lot of people may even know. I know when we were looking through, we would look at different sites to kind of come up with these ideas. And um, I didn't see this on a single site as a top Christmas movie, but it's one that I have to watch every year. It's just a good feel-good movie. You got Vince Vaughn, Paul Giamonti. Um, they they have great chemistry together. Um, the premise is is simple. Um, Fred Claus is actually the older brother of Santa Claus of Nicholas, and it shows the origin story of them. How you know Nicholas is born, and because of his good deeds and the kind of person he was, he achieved sainthood. And that when you become a saint, your entire family. Uh, then it becomes immortal. And so they've lived out their whole life and Santa Claus, St. Nicholas went on to be, you know, who he is. And Fred Claus is this repo guy in New York city or Chicago, Chicago. And, uh, and so it shows his life and he ends up in order to get some money. He's got to go work for his brother. And
1: he's a very bitter man.
0: He's a very bitter man. And I, I believe that 90% of Vince Vaughn's, uh, movies is him just improvising. Um, He has a a very specific cadence.
1: I was just going to say, it's his rhythm that he has that makes his movie so great. It makes
0: it so entertaining. And so him with Ludacris is in this movie too. Yes. As an elf. A DJ Um, elf. Yeah. And so some of the CGI work is pretty lame. It's not the best. But it's just one of those movies that you just enjoy watching. It's a fun movie. It's funny. Um, Kevin Spacey is in it. Yes. Um as like an auditor who's who's attempting to shut down Christmas. Um it's uh it's just it's a it's a for lack of a better term it's a cute movie. I mean it it's is. it's just a sit down with some cocoa and just hang out with family and watch that good movie.
1: You you know he has to work through his issues with his brother in yeah. order to save Christmas. Right. And so, as you talk about a feel-good movie, I mean, it 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 checks off all of those boxes. Oh yeah, it's got comedy, it's got a little bit of drama, it's got some romance. Uh-huh. You know, it hits all of those things.
0: Well, it's got some emotional moments. There's a there's a kid involved in it that Vince Vaughn yes. kind of mentors, and turns out he's on the naughty list, and so he's got a you know he re you know looks back at the advice he gave him and said, well, that wasn't very good advice. And he's a foster kid, and so I mean, it just it pulls at your heartstrings at the end. Uh just does a lot of good things.
1: And again, to talk about, and it's not the only, it's not the only Christmas movie that Vince has done, but I think it's his best Christmas movie. Yeah. And again, his cadence, his rhythm, the speed at which he talks. Oh my gosh. It's like he, he just talks so fast that nobody else can get a word in it. Yeah. And it makes it so great. It really does. Um
0: Especially the moments with him and Paul Giamatti, where they're they're kind of brotherly fighting back and forth, it makes for a really entertaining.
1: It does movie. And when you first hear those two names, you wouldn't think that that really fits together. But when you watch the movie, you understand very quickly that it's a it's a great cast.
0: Yeah, it really is. So three, Fred Claus, Aaron, give us number four,
1: A Christmas Carol. I don't know if you can think of anything more Christmas. original? Well, I want to talk about that. Okay. Uh oh. Because there are several. <laughs> so many. Adaptations of <laughs> A Christmas Carol. Uh, you could have a top 10 episode of just A Christmas Carol. That's true. You really could have good. a top 20 of A Christmas Carol because there's been so many remakes and adaptations from cartoons to live action to. So, what
0: we're talking about is the Muppets' Christmas Carol, right? That's, that's the winner.
1: No. Oh. No. Okay. Um, my favorite is the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol. Okay. M- my second favorite is Disney's with Jim Carrey. Okay, yeah. A Christmas Carol. An I've anime- never seen that one. Okay. it's I really enjoy it. My third favorite is the 1938 version of A Christmas Carol. My fourth favorite is the 1999 version with... I just went blank. Uh, from X Men, Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah, Patrick Stewart. It it was a made for TV one. Yeah, I, I, think. I remember that. It one. Doesn't get a lot of love. Yeah, but I actually enjoy it. Uh, so I'll stop with my four favorite Christmas carols. Because okay, I was
0: about to say we're going ten things Inception with your ten <laughs> things within our ten things. <laughs> uh, but is the top still spinning? That's what uh, I want to know. Well, we got to talk about
1: that movie at some point. We do. That's a great one. I need to watch it again. I haven't but, watched it. Oh, one of the best. Um. But A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens. In fact, there's a movie that just came out recently called The Man Who Invented Christmas. And it's about Charles Dickens. Really? I believe so. Um, I don't know that he, I would
0: credit him with inventing
1: Christmas. Well, I know. There was this other guy born seems like a long Jesus time ago. You know. Uh, <laughs> but as far as Christmas stories and Christmas lore goes as we know it in these... Movies and books. Uh, I mean, Charles Dickens. There, there may not be a more classic Christmas film and Christmas story than A Christmas Carol, and I enjoy the twist that each of these adaptations puts on Ebenezer Scrooge and his uh, his journey to find Christmas in his heart. Uh, recently, we just came back from Silver Dollar City at Branson, big amusement park there, and during the Christmas season, they do live plays, and they do a Christmas, an hour-long production of A Christmas Carol, and it's fabulous. I just love the entire story um, of Scrooge going back in time, seeing, uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas past comes and takes him back to his childhood, to his youth. Uh, you have the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas Uh, To come, The Ghost of Christmas Future. And so uh, this movie, I wouldn't say it's one of the best, but it's one that I have to watch every single year. I don't feel like it's Christmas unless we have heard from Ebenezer Scrooge and one of the all-time great characters, Tiny Tim. Yes. God bless us, everyone. It's true. You know?
0: Uh, There's probably that's probably a top 10 iconic christmas movie line. Yes. Um, cuz it I mean it gets made remade so many times that that line
1: that line always becomes makes it so yes important. And you know Scrooge is this miser who, you know, tells his his nephew who loves christmas, um you know, you keep christmas in your way, I'll keep christmas in my way and He then is visited by his deceased partner in business, Jacob Marley, and uh, he's told, you know, that he should have lived his life differently, and so Scrooge gets a chance to change his ways. And uh, it's just, it's one of the classic, probably the most classic, Christmas story that has been turned into a movie. It's really
0: good, and I'm glad you said that because it brings me to number five. Um, I don't know if you would call this a remake of that movie or not, but one of my top five all-time Christmas movies is the 1988 Bill Murray cult classic, Scrooged. Um This is somewhat of a... It's almost like a retelling of that story from a different perspective. It modernizes it a little bit uh, for the 80s. Um, Stars uh, Bill Murray as a a TV president, a network president, who is doing a... This is a very meta movie. He is doing a um, live action or a live version of A Christmas Carol on his network. And he actually experiences the three ghosts um and goes through a lot of things on his own. And so um it's it's from if you like Saturday Night Live, especially old school Saturday Night Live, um, this is quintessential 80s SNL. Um, it's got that vibe to it. Uh, Murray was a you know former cast member. Uh, it was written by a couple of former cast members. Um, there's a lot of dark humor in it. There is some very, very 80s references in it as well. Um, you've got some um, some noteworthy cast members a part of it also. Um, it is just... And this was the first movie that Bill Murray filmed after his uh, self-imposed four-year hiatus... From Hollywood. He took a four-year break from Hollywood, and this was the first movie that he came back on. Um, A lot of his lines were improv'd um, throughout the movie, of course. I mean, if you know Bill Murray, you just immediately will love this movie. This is Bill Murray. It's got a, you know, if you liked him in Groundhog's Day or Ghostbusters, you're going to like Scrooge. Um, There's some hilarious moments the name escapes me of the i think it's the second ghost um she's the little fairy who comes in and just slaps bill murray around um and it's hilarious so i mean it's a you know, most Christmas movies are, you know, G, PG-rated, happy, family-friendly. This is not necessarily the most family-friendly Christmas movie. <laughs> um, now, I mean, it's it's 1988, so it's not like there's a ton of stuff in it, but it's definitely on the more of the adult side of the Christmas movies. Um, so, I, I love this movie. I know it's, again, I'm going kind of B-side picks so far, I think. Yeah. With the exception of Home Alone, but... um uh, one of I have to watch it now. My wife Lauren, this is not this is not one on her list. She likes the Hallmarky, you know, make you feel good at the end this of. The day. This one doesn't
1: make my list either.
0: Really? No. Uh, have you seen it once? You've only seen it once. I've only seen
1: it once. You need to. Re- when was but, the last
0: time you watched it?
1: Uh, five to ten years back. You
0: need to rewatch it.
1: Maybe so. You
0: really do. I think you would find it. I. Uh, I've loved it since I was younger, since I was a teenager, because it's one of my mom's favorite movies too, and uh, so I just grew up loving it. But it's definitely one that you appreciate the older that you get because you you see all that. there's office humor in it. There's you know some humor like that that you might miss as a younger person. Um, so Scrooge, I recommend it. It's it's one of my faves. It's on my list for sure. Well, Aaron, we've reached that point. It's time for Coco. It's time for Coco time for our break um so we're gonna take a quick break and then uh we'll be right back Just like that, we are back in the sleigh.
1: The magic of Christmas lives. It really does.
0: It is the best time of year. There's not many people that I think that could dispute that. I mean, I understand if maybe it brings up some, some memories and makes you feel sad at times, but
1: overall, I think people are generally nicer at this time of year
0: oh yeah i always look forward to it because it does feel like as busy as it is there's a weird way it slows down a little bit yes things just kind of you know the busyness most of the things you're doing that are busy are fun things like i mean me and my wife were talking the other day today is day four in a seven day stretch of where we have something christmas party or something going on every night and uh, we're like, man, it's just a busy time for us. And we're like, but it's also, I mean, we're having fun at every one of these things. Right. You know, yeah, it's not a night at home, but we're going to be laughing and hanging out and eating good food every night too. So uh, it is just a special time of year. Speaking, though, of sitting at home, Aaron, get us number six on our movie list.
1: The Santa Claus. Yes. The Santa Claus, uh, Tim Allen, I feel like we should have a discussion at some point about the greatest actors for Christmas.
0: Oh man, that's a good one too.
1: Because you could argue for Tim Allen, uh, he is the modern father Christmas of movies.
0: Yeah. I think we could do a whole episode on the 10 best Santa clauses. Yes. And I f- man, I'd be hard pressed not to put him at the top of that list.
1: He's fantastic. Now, I have read that they created this movie in the role of the Santa Claus, uh, with Bill Murray in mind. Really? I don't picture him I think that they made a wise choice with too. Tim Allen. I think um they- it just it fits him so well. Uh this is for me, one of the top five Christmas movies, maybe yeah. top six, is definitely top ten. I, I would have to really kind of fight to see if it could make the top five.
0: I think it makes the top five.
1: Um, his role in that, and it, again, it was so good that it created multiple sequels. None of which lived up to the original. They have not. Uh, Santa Claus Two was decent.
0: Yeah. It
1: was not Santa Claus level.
0: the The second one was the one with the toy Santa, wasn't it? Yes. See, I I did not enjoy the toy Santa. I don't know. Just that kind of comedy and effects uh, always just rubs me the wrong way for some
1: reason. It it feels a little cheesier.
0: I think I might have liked the third one better.
1: Really, see, it is it is definitely my least favorite of the three. They're
0: equally as bad, but I
1: think I think two is marginally better than three. But I would not put two or three on your must-watch list. No. If you see number one, you've seen the best. Yeah.
0: If you've seen number one, you're good. There's there's not a big need
1: to go. Number two, he has to find a wife which I think is an interesting they have the misses clause. Yeah. So that's interesting. Number 3 really just doesn't have a great storyline. Yeah, to I mean
0: me. you've got Martin Short as Jack Frost. He makes a great Jack Frost. Yeah, I mean I think he's he's good as a character um
1: but actually having a plot to Santa Claus 3 it's I'm less I'm trying to
0: remember the plot and I can't.
1: Yeah, well, that's that tells you. <laughs> okay. That's why I give a slight edge to number 2 over number 3, but there's a big gap between number really 1 is. and yeah. number 2. And Well, the kid
0: grows up too. Yes. That always makes it makes and a difference.
1: It makes it difficult. Now, the supporting cast of the Santa Claus rivals Tim Allen's performance. Yeah. Uh Tim Allen and his wife have split up and divorced. And she is now with
0: <laughs> Judge Reinhold. Man. Yes. Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas yes. guy.
1: <clears throat> his performance and Tim Allen and and his his character, yeah. And the character of Neil, where they go back and forth at each other. It's so good because Tim Allen is a. What what does he do? He he creates toys. He markets yeah, toys. Yeah, I think
0: he's like the CEO or. The president of a toy company. He's
1: upper level management of some sort of toy company. And again, this, I I find this very interesting. How many Christmas movies are based around the Chicago area? That's true. Because you've got Home Alone. Yeah. We just talked about Fred Claus. Yeah. The Santa Claus takes place in the fictional city of Lakeside, Illinois, Mm -hmm. near Chicago. Near Chicago. Um, Suburban Chicago. Yes, so you have for some reason Chicago draws in the Christmas thing. I, you would think New York is the Christmas.
0: You would think, and an Elf is in New York, and there's some it other is. good Christmas movies that are based in New York. I guess it's because the the Midwestern vibe is uh, is kind of a.
1: Are there more Midwesterners that are into Christmas things? I guess it and, just
0: feels more North Polish than I mean, you know, New York's very cold, you know concrete jungle I think Chicago as big as it is has a little bit more homey vibe to it
1: so his he is this toy executive and his ex-wife's husband Neil is a psychiatrist and so you know he's constantly psychoanalyzing Tim Allen's character and there's a lot of uh, you know witty sparring that goes on between Tim Allen's character and Judge Reinhold's character, um, and so it's just, it's a it's a great movie on many different levels. Again, and it talks about where we get to the end of it, we find a situation that many people today experience. How do you manage a child when there's been a divorce in the home, and so they have to work through some issues? And at first, you know, they're kind of butting heads. But by the end of the movie, they come together for the good of their child. Yeah. You know, and we see that then progress through the other two movies where we have families working together because they love the kid. And so, there, you know, there's some deeper things that go on in these movies other than just the comedy, uh, you know, that, that's good that you can take away from it.
0: Yeah, they do a really good job of kind of balancing the two and, and, and doing a good job of making it feel, again, it... There are moments where it pulls at your heartstrings. There are more funny moments than anything. Um, Just really good, wholesome vibe to
1: it. I read an article. No, I watched a video the other day is what it was. Where they were complaining about the plot holes that they found in the Santa Claus. Who cares? I want to just say this about Christmas. If you're looking for plot holes (laughs) in Christmas movies, you're going to find them. They're there. Just enjoy the Christmas movies for what they are. Let's not overanalyze these movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about
1: it's all a myth. It's about a man Fictional. who flies
0: around. Uh, one of the things. Okay, this is this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I bring it up every year with my wife and anybody who will listen to me. Um the the question I always have the the big plot hole about Christmas and Santa Claus. Um parents if you're listening with your kids in the car um you know don't don't for right now um but i've always been curious of if and listen if santa's real out there i'm a, i'm okay i'll i'll say this i'm a santa doubter okay yeah. that's just what i am i'm a santa doubter because if santa was real and delivered presents to your home wouldn't the parents be freaked out that there's gifts under the tree they didn't know about? Yes, I mean, if, if I don't know how that works, I mean,
1: and I, why are you okay with this with this guy taking credit? Yeah, you right for what yeah. he got your kids. I mean, I, I mean, I understand. I, I could
0: even go that far. I'd be okay with that. I mean, that's less gifts I had to buy than oh, my kids get. Okay, but if. If the kids believe and the parents don't, then how do you explain the rando gifts that just happen to be under your tree the next morning? There's got to be an explanation for that. You would think more people would catch on.
1: My biggest issue, and I always have to mention this, in multiple movies, while still enjoying it, because, you know, this is my time of year. Yeah. But I I cannot understand, you know, how is it plausible that he's going to fly around the world in a night and deliver all these packages. When you watch these movies, you see how much time it takes to go from one rooftop to the next rooftop, to go down... You know, it's just, this is totally impractical to think that this could actually happen.
0: Well, now, I have... I do appreciate the movies that go through and try to explain it. Um, because there are some that, you know, obviously it's magic, you know, that he... He goes to this house and he cannot just appear in the in the home or just magically go down the chimney. It's not really his body. It's just, you know, his spirit or whatever. Um, there's some that say, um, you know, he only goes to the kids that believe, you know, so that cuts the number down. Um, obviously, you know, Jewish community. Yeah, not everybody not, in the world celebrates. You know, celebrating Christmas. Christmas. Um, and so, and some houses don't have kids, you know, and stuff like that. And so... I love you know I, I do enjoy hearing some people try to explain it away. I think that's creative because I think what that does is for the kids who, you know, are still at that age that helps them out a little bit with maybe some of their own doubts and lets the magic last a little bit longer. So I appreciate that side of it. Um, but I, you know, you wonder, and I guess you know when this mythology took off, nobody thought about these questions that would be happening right hundred year late hundred years later. <laughs>
1: Do you do you remember how old you were when the, uh, the myth of Santa was busted?
0: I don't remember the exact age, um, and I don't remember how I found out either. Um, I have a terrible memory, so I don't remember that. I do remember uh, the first Christmas that I knew. I don't know what year it was. I just remember that first Christmas where I knew, but I have a little brother who didn't.
1: Ah. Was and that so fun?
0: That was fun. Just getting to go in there. I would go in there with my parents and just see how it all happened. I was like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. It's like I bummed that this, you know, thing I believe for most of my life uh is no longer here, but this is a really cool experience that I know something that he doesn't. Uh. So I do remember that part of it. Okay. Uh anything else on the Santa Claus? Nope. Just right. watch it. Just watch it, yes. Um and watch the sequels if you got time, but like Right. You know, just know it's nothing spectacular. Right. Um number 7 for me is probably the number 1 in my heart. Um and I'm going with 1946 classic. It's A Wonderful Life. Um uh, you cannot you can absolutely not talk about Christmas movies without talking about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh Jimmy Stewart 1946 playing the role of uh, of uh I blanked on his name. Bill Bailey? No, it's not Bill no. Bailey. Um, oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> and now you've got Bill Bailey stuck in my now head. Now I
0: have Bill Bailey in my head. Oh, my
1: gosh. Hang on a second.
0: It's not Bill Bailey. It's I know it's Bailey. Um. Anyway, while Aaron Googles, because we've gone blank on our minds. Um, What's the name of this movie again? <laughs> it's an okay life, I guess.
1: I don't... I don't know. Maybe this movie is really not not much of, <laughs> that must watch. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, you can take it or leave it.
0: I just remember you know, Bailey building and loan. I, yes, it, that's where that's it, coming into play in my in my mind. Though George ba- George Bailey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can't believe that we George Bailey. On that one. Was Bill Bailey his dad in the movie? Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. There uh, was a Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy. Okay. Yeah, Billy Bailey. That's that's. I guess that's where uh, my mind went first. Um, But George Bailey is, you see him all the way from a kid to adulthood, and you're seeing it from the perspective of an angel, Clarence, um, in heaven, talking to Gabriel, and uh, Clarence is a guardian angel who needs to go down and rescue George, and um, he's talking to Gabriel, and so he's kind of giving him a flashback for half the movie of George's life, and how um he you know almost died as a kid injured his ear the old pharmacist slapped it blood came out um you know met a girl fell in love everything's going according to plan and his dad dies and he's got to put his dreams on hold and take over the old building and loan and um uh, you know and all of a sudden like like many people and i think that's where it hits home with a lot of people because everybody seems to go through these phases of life he kinda of puts his big dreams on hold and gets stuck in a rut that a lot of adults get stuck into. And his Uncle Billy loses some money and so now it's in a you know, he's in a pickle and he basically comes to the conclusion that life would be better if he didn't exist. And this is another movie that has been in some ways or another remade a hundred times. Yes. Not, you know, verbatim, you know, not a total remake, but the, the idea of it has been talked through many times. He goes up, and for 1946, it was kind of a darker moment in, in cinema, where he gets on a bridge and is going to jump off. I mean, he's basically going to kill himself before Clarence comes down in his earthly form, jumps right. in, and saves him by... He saves his life by having George Bailey jump in the river. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh,
1: yeah. And... The- and all of that is leading up to it begins by Gabriel telling Clarence he's going to waste yeah. the greatest gift he's been given, yeah his life, yeah, and so he's leading uh he's leading Clarence through all of these events for that moment because Clarence doesn't have his wings, he does not have his, and wings. so this is his opportunity after uh What's he say? He's like 150 or 200 years old, something like that. Yeah, something like uh, that. You know, he's finally going to get an opportunity to win his wings. Which is
0: great incentive for an angel. I mean... I mean, mo- how many
1: angels do you know without wings? It would
0: motivate me. I mean... Right. Um, So, does that, and he sees what life would be like. His wife doesn't recognize him. The kids aren't there. His brother dies. Um, You know... His friends don't know him.
1: It really dials in and brings you back to the point where you're contemplating how many lives one person touches. How many lives your life would touch if you weren't here. And so, again, it's a great, great Christmas movie. I would argue that it is probably the best Christmas movie that exists. And not just that, but it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It really, yeah. I and mean, it, if you look at lists of greatest movies of all time, it's there. In fact, I think, wasn't this an Oscar winner? Didn't it win Best Picture of the Year?
0: I think so. And if I'm not mistaken, it was, oh, man, I cannot remember. Maybe I can find it here on my, my page. It was either filmed or released not around Christmas. I think, um, I think this is the movie I'm thinking about where, uh, yeah, it, First off, it bombed at the box office. Um, yes. It it put uh, Frank Capra, who, who wrote and produced the film, put him $525,000 in the hole back in
1: 1946. It released in New York City on December 20th, Los Angeles on the 24th, Minneapolis on the 27th. So three cities okay. right then. Then January 7th, it released nationwide. Yeah. So it was after Christmas when... The majority of the country got to see this film.
0: Yeah. Which is just interesting that, you know, such an iconic holiday film now was released afterwards. Um, But, you know, Jimmy Stewart, man, I don't see anybody else playing that role.
1: No. And so a minute ago when I mentioned we talk about who the greatest actors are in Christmas movies, I would argue it's between Jimmy Stewart and Tim Allen And I think I would have to give this to Jimmy Stewart because this is not the only Christmas movie that he has done. Right. I'm a huge Jimmy Stewart fan to begin with. I love watching Jimmy Stewart films. And It's a Wonderful Life, I think, is one of the most iconic performances ever done.
0: Yeah, and a couple of the um, big facts about this one of the things I was thinking about when I, when I was talking about the release date, the film was actually shot in the summer of 1946 in the middle of a massive heat wave. So that's why if you look at certain points of the (laughs) movie, you can see Jimmy Stewart visibly sweating. It's because they're in the middle of a heat wave trying to act like it's Christmas. Um, And then uh, Frank Capra actually engineered a new kind of movie snow. Uh, He was a trained engineer and, uh, Him and their special effects person, uh, Russell Sherman, engineered a new type of snow for the film. At the time, I can't believe that this was how they did fake snow back then. Fake snow was painted cornflakes. was the most common type of fake snow before that. That may be the fact of the podcast. I think it is. Um, But the problem with it was it was an audio issue for them. Uh, It was too crunchy. It was a lot of noise. So he and his special effects guy, Sherman, um, opted to make uh, to mix fomite, which is the stuff you find in fire extinguishers, with sugar and water to create a less noisy snow option. So if you're looking to make your own fake snow, that's all there you need you to do. Get some fire extinguishers, sugar, and water, and uh, you've got a great, great snow.
1: If you go to IMDb and look at their top list of top-rated movies, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is one of their top 25 most-rated movies of the top 250 it's in the top 25 that just wow. tells you how yeah. powerful of a film this is yeah um so it's a must watch and again uh, for us and being from a background of uh people of faith when we watch this movie it really drives home the point that every single person has a unique purpose in life and that your life is special. And I think even if you're not from a background of faith, uh, especially at this time of year, uh, suicides at an all time high during the winter months. And so this movie, I think hits on a lot of those levels to remind people again, how many lives you actually touch, how things would be different if you didn't exist, if you weren't around Things would be totally different. There's things that you, each of us, don't comprehend until a movie like that can help put that in perspective. And so, again, uh, it's a feel-good movie. There's some very lighthearted moments in it. There are. And then there's the overall tug at your heartstrings, you know, really sit and think about some of these things.
0: Yeah. Super good. One of the best of all times. Number seven on our list. Aaron, number eight.
1: Number eight, this is in my top five. Miracle on 34th Street. Which one? The 1947 version. Okay. I do not recognize, comprehend, acknowledge the 1994 version. Oh, come on. You gotta gotta recognize it.
0: It's not not a terrible movie.
1: It is to Miracle on 34th Street what Santa Claus 2 is to the Santa Claus. (laughs) Okay, I mean...
0: I, I, can, I can get on with that because, I mean, it's not a terrible movie, just not as good as the original.
1: I wouldn't call it a must-watch. If you don't watch the new one, I don't think that you're missing out on anything. But I think that if you don't watch the original one, you are missing out on something.
0: I will say, in the 94 version, the little girl in it is adorable. Okay. She's the one who, like, I think, plays Matilda. I think so. She's been in all those kind of movies in the early 90s. Uh, she She's the star of the, that show. And the, the guy who plays Santa is good too. The the, the makeshift dad and the mom, eh, I care less about them, but the girl and the Santa are the winners of that movie.
1: The Santa in the original Miracle on 34th Street is one of my favorite Santas from any movie. He Edmund Gwynn gives such a incredible performance as Santa Claus that it's hard as an adult not to finish watching that movie and almost believe that that guy was the real santa yeah i mean he's a fantastic fantastic actor in that role you've got um maureen o'hara in the movie plays uh plays the mother and then natalie wood plays the uh the little girl and she said that she still somewhat kind of believed in santa claus when they filmed this movie So much so that when they finished with it, she actually believed that Edmund Gwynn was, in fact, the real Santa Claus. Wow. And uh, she thought that his beard was real. And when you watch the movie, there's actually a scene where she talks about how he looks like a real Santa Claus. He's a better Santa Claus because he has a real beard, not one of those fake ones, and tugs on it but in fact it was a fake beard. Are you serious? It was not a
0: real beard. Oh my gosh. And
1: so she said when they went to their party at the very end of filming that he was there without his beard on she didn't recognize him. She didn't <laughs> know cuz she only saw him in oh, that wow. in that with the beard on and so That's it kind of destroyed all of her uh, all of her dreams and hopes, that, you know, that this was Santa Claus. No it wasn't.
0: Wow. That's yeah. a great fact.
1: Yeah. Um So the the premise of the movie is it's this little girl. She's been raised. Her mom tells her from a very young age, there is no Santa Claus. You know, there's no, there's no giants, fairy tales, all this kind of stuff. And so their neighbor, uh, Fred Gailey, he takes her to the mall to Macy's where her mother works. She's in charge of the big Macy's day parade and introduces him to the Santa Claus, um, who replaced a drunk Santa Claus in the beginning of the film. And, then the mother, you know, is kind of upset that, that the daughter has been introduced to Santa Claus when she's told her there is no real Santa Claus. And suddenly she begins believing in Santa Claus. Santa Claus ends up going on trial, and Fred Gailey sets out to prove that he is actually Santa Claus. And it's uh, it's just it's a great, great Christmas movie. I always have to watch it near Christmas. So we watched this one uh, last night, actually. Okay, so...
0: Do you do you put the more Christmas spirity feel good ones closer to Christmas? Or just your favorites toward the end? How do you space them out? Because I know you have a I know you have a, a an order.
1: Yeah, we do. Um Going from the the week of Christmas, Christmas Eve, we always watch White Christmas. December twenty third, we always watch It's a Wonderful Life. Um and then back from that, we'll watch Home Alone, The Santa Claus um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth. So I'm not really sure if they're more Christmassy or Christmas spirity or or what, but I think they may just be my favorites.
0: Yeah, I get that. Okay, number nine, real quick. I know we're we're pushing it on time here. Um, this is another one of those that you you cannot go without watching and that is Christmas vacation. Okay, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase um was not the first vacation film, I don't think. Um but was a this is the one of the rare movies that the sequel uh outdid its predecessor. Um I think it's because it is a Christmas movie so it comes out every year and you got to watch it every year. This is another one of those this reminds me a lot of of um Almost like a crossbreed between what you would see from like elf and, um, you know, something like, I don't know, almost like a Scrooge thing. It's kind of that in between, but in between those two things, it's got all the holiday spirit of the elf and the quotable lines and stuff like that with some of the adult irreverence and the national lampoon side of things on the other end of it. Um, and just so many, so many great quotable moments. Um, if you don't know the premise of the story, Chevy chase and his family are, um, are bringing family and stuff in home for Christmas. He's thinking he's getting a big Christmas bonus. Um, doesn't get it. Freaks out, goes nuts. His cousin Eddie's in town. Um, family's all there and him i mean the scene with him stringing the christmas lights and getting electrocuted and the lights not coming on and him constantly plugging stuff in and then finally you know a switch you know something gets a breaker gets switched or it gets plugged in the right way and the light's just coming on and there's that glow on his face like that's the best thing ever and then they get shut off again um it's just comedy gold when he my favorite part of that movie is when he looks over or they said to the grandmother would you like to say grace and she says I pledge allegiance to the flag. Um it's just it's just great. The cat gets electrocuted, the tree, you know, just it's got a ton of quotable moments on it. It's just a great great movie. Um it's one of those that will just have you laughing. I mean, that's one of those that you can watch with your, you know, with the whole family, you know, bearing there's no small children in the room maybe. Um, But great holiday cheer. It's, it's got some good family friendly moments in it, you know, sappy moments in there, but um, it's super good. I like it.
1: Cousin Eddie is one of my favorite characters. He's so good. Of all time. And when he shows up to Clark's house, he said, You surprised to see me, Clark? <laughs> and and Clark says, Eddie, if I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> One of the best lines. Randy Quaid, man.
0: Yes. That dude, you know, he is he's so different than Dennis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that movie would not be what it is without him.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. As much as I love Chevy Chase, um, it, Randy Quaid makes that movie.
1: Also, where do they live?
0: You're onto something here. Chicago. We need to do we need to dive <laughs> deeper into this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that. Um it, it it's funny.
0: And that's another John Hughes. It is. Movie. Um it it is. It's just a it's a great movie. Hilarious. Um has stood the test of time. That's for sure. Um, most of these, I mean, if it's going to make r ten, then it's going to be able to stand the test of time. Um, but yeah, you 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 can't talk about the Griswold family without no, thinking immediately
1: of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I was I was thinking about the uh, let's see, was it the ant that showed up with the cat in the box? Was that a, that was an ant, wasn't it? Oh, I think. So. So. I don't think it was a grandma. I think it was an aunt. Yeah. Um, it, it beginning to end. It's it's hilarious, and we all know somebody like cousin Eddie. And there's probably somebody in each of our families that is the cousin Eddie of the family. <laughs> if you can't, here's here's the deal. If you can't think of who the cousin Eddie is in your family, oh, don't say that. <laughs> your cousin Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So
0: number nine, um, Christmas vacation. Hit us with our last one, Aaron. Okay. number 10.
1: This is my favorite Christmas movie. It's like 1A, and It's a Wonderful Life is 1B. I'm not mad at anybody who places It's a Wonderful Life ahead of this, but my favorite Christmas movie, and my most must-watch movie of the year, is White Christmas. Uh, I love this movie. I have watched this, I don't know how many times in my life. Um, I am... you know, 30 years old, so I know I've seen it 30 times. We at least watch it twice, maybe three times a year. So I'm going to say easily I've seen this. Uh, I remember as a kid I would just watch this on repeat. So I probably watched this movie over 100 times. I can quote the movie with my eyes shut. Really? I love it. Uh, white White Christmas. Um, okay. The It's Bing Crosby. Uh, his hit song, which is not the first time it debuted, was not in the movie White Christmas. Really? But he debuted it in an earlier movie called Holiday Inn.
0: So is this movie based on the song? Or just happens to be the name of the song, or the name of
1: the movie? I think it's just the name of the movie. Um, But the premise of the movie, where we get the White Christmas from, is after he gets out of the army, World War II, him and his buddy... Um, or actually, as a private, he saves his life from a wall falling on him, saving, sparing his life. They end up going into uh, entertainment business together, uh, song and dance. They have this very, very big, popular show. They travel the country. They decide they want to go on the road. They go to the Vermont. They go to this inn in Vermont with a couple of girls that they're interested in. They get there to watch these two girls do their show. They that find out scandalous. Yeah, they find out that the owner of this inn was their general in World War II. They've fallen on hard times. They find out that Vermont's had no snow, so nobody's coming there for Christmas to go skiing. So they end up bringing their whole cast from New York up to Vermont, and they put on this this presentation. The general, you know, he's really down and out. Uh, As a retired general, he feels like nobody cares about him anymore. So they go out, and they call in all of their their old army buddies who served under under general Waverly. they bring him in to vermont put on this big show they're going to honor him and it begins to it begins to snow outside magically at the end you know and they have white christmas um from beginning to end it's one of my favorites now this is more of a musical i am not really a musical fan yeah but i make an exception for wow. this for this movie i love the songs in it um uh, I think it is my all of these are must watch, okay? It's not like I'm not watching any of these. It's true. So, I put it number 1. You could put it's a wonderful life number 1. Can I can I
0: it confess something that you're not going to be happy with? Oh boy. Um I've never seen White Christmas. No. Oh. I've never seen this movie. How? I mean, number 1 you said it's a musical. Um,
1: number two I just don't ever remember watching it growing up it's not a it's not a musical musical it's it's got music in it yeah but it's not as musically musical as a musical like <laughs> how many times do we say musical <laughs> uh, it's, not,
0: <laughs> it's not as musically musical as a musical could be a musical <laughs> if a musical would be a
1: musical Okay, well I know what we need to do then when we finish this podcast. I need to watch it. I love the song.
0: I do love the song. Um I've just I've never seen the movie.
1: The best it's the best Christmas song of all time to go with the best Christmas movie of all time. I
0: don't know about best Christmas song. That may just don't we're gonna save this for a podcast. It may be the very next one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We may record that today. Um Okay, anything else on White Christmas other than making me feel bad for never watching it? No. Because I'm sure we'll do that here in the next five minutes after we get off the air. That's right. Um, honorable mentions. I've got a couple real quick. I actually have a, a lengthy list. I'm going to try to go through them as quickly as I can. Um, first for me is uh, the, uh, the Polar Express. Um, I personally, it's not one of my go-tos, but I know a ton of people love it. It was on every list I saw. Um, I do acknowledge the... Um, the CGI and the technical stuff that it took to make it, but uh, just not.
1: It's a little odd. Yeah, it, it, it's it required. It's gonna be a required taste.
0: Exactly. Um, A Christmas Story, the same way came out. Uh, I think in the '80s. Uh, TBS ruined it for me by playing it for 24 straight hours. Um, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of that style of movie, so it just didn't. St- but it's very quotable. Uh, it's obviously a classic. Um, Jack Frost. Um. That's a, that's one that I love a lot. Um, doesn't get a lot of love um, as far as most iconic ones of all time, but it's a great movie. Um, then you have um, The Grinch. Uh, now, I'm talking about the new one released in 2018. Yes. It was this close to making my top ten. It's a great one. Um, it's probably quickly becoming one of my favorites. It's a really good remake um, Probably one of the best remakes I've seen in a long time. Very funny. Animation's great. Um, Then a newcomer for me, The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Uh, Ah. We watched this the other night for the very first time. It's a really good movie. Uh, You've got uh, Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus. And um, uh, so he does a great job with that. Good family movie. Yeah, really good family movie. Um, Just Friends um, starring Ryan Reynolds. Ah. Um, you wouldn't think of it as a Christmas movie, but it does take place around Christmas and we're out of time now. Uh, we may have to save this for the next podcast, but we got to talk at some point. My last honorable mention is die hard. Um,
1: I don't, I thought we were going to go the whole podcast <laughs> without having to hear that mentioned. It's not a Christmas movie. It should never we be. Oh it man, my God.
0: I didn't mention gremlins. Okay. Not a Christmas so, movie. I'm going to mention Die Hard, though, because it's such a good movie. Um, Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? It does take place around Christmas. Um, That's debatable. I'm not here to debate it either way. I just want to throw it in there as my honorable mention. Aaron, any honorables?
1: Ernest Saves Christmas. Shut up. One of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Shut up. I didn't put it in my top five, but... It is, for me, it is a must-watch movie. No. Okay, we watched it last no. week. I have to watch it every year. Stop. You should watch it every no. year. It should be in the top uh-huh. ten. Uh, Ernest is one of the best Christmas movies out there. Oh, uh, shop Around the Corner. You ever watch that one? I've never heard of that one. Jimmy Stewart. Um, it's, a, it's a great movie. He has this pen pal that they write with. Turns out it's the girl that he works with in the shop here in Budapest, and they hate each other. Can't stand each other. But his pen pal, he's in love with this girl that he writes to, and it's her. So it's this great love story that brings them together, and so it's a it's a must watch movie. Okay. Okay. You you got you got to get it. It's uh, available on YouTube TV. What, what year did it come out? Uh, nineteen forty, uh, probably nineteen forty two, three somewhere in there. I think okay. it was before. It's a wonderful life. Um, the bishop's wife. Okay. Is another yeah. must watch with Cary Grant. Yep. I love that one.
0: What about the remake, The Preacher's Wife with Denzel?
1: I'm not as I'm not I'm not a real fan. Okay. I I prefer the original most of the time yeah. to the remakes. Uh Christmas with the Cranks, Tim Allen. Mm. Uh it's a it's another funny one. It's one we watch early. It's really cheesy. Yeah. But but it's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, we watch it every
0: year. It's just eh.
1: um Christmas in Connecticut. Another old movie's got Barbara Stanwyck in it, uh, like nineteen forty nine probably. And then uh Jingle all the way. Arnold from the this was probably the late eighties, early nineties. Very, very cheesy. Um but it's it's totally worth watching. I wouldn't say it's one of the ten best Christmas movies of all time. But it it definitely is uh you know, a corny, cheesy Christmas movie. I'd classify it right there with Ernest Saves Christmas, kind of in that style. Um and who doesn't love some Arnold Schwarzenegger at Christmas?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I put with Ernest Saves Christmas, but
1: Yeah, it's probably not that good, but it's Oh gosh. It's worthy of a watch. Yeah. Okay. Probably not every year. Ernest is an every year yeah, thing. No. But flip
0: flop those two.
1: No. Give me
0: a little Sinbad.
1: Okay, Aaron. Um, what do people got to do? Hey, we want you to give us the five star rating. All right, you've been listening to us. We know that you've got to be enjoying this, so leave us that five star rating and drop a comment under there. It helps. It really helps us uh, to get some more eyes on the podcast. So you can really help us out. Leave us five stars. Leave a review below. Say a few nice things and uh, share this podcast with your friends.
0: And let us know whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It's not. Just let us know. Let us know. Which one would you rather... Let's just be honest, okay? We're going to put a poll on our Instagram. Which would you rather watch? Die Hard or Ernest Saves Christmas? Okay, that's
1: not a fair... That is. It's not. It's got to be a fair... Die Hard is a great action movie. Which would you rather watch? At Christmas? Ernest Saves Christmas? Which would you rather watch? During the summer, I watch (laughs) Die Hard. It's not a Christmas movie. At this time of year, I'm not going to watch Die Hard. I I won't do it. Okay, I do it in the middle of the year. You know what? You should
0: consider watching that the week of Thanksgiving. Right before Thanksgiving. Just watch it then. Okay. I do compromise right there. Because I don't think you should watch Christmas movies before Thanksgiving. You start celebrating early. So make that your transitional movie.
1: I could I could get down with that compromise. Okay. Yeah. See, I got no quarrels. This with is that. the
0: first compromise we've ever made on this podcast. Yes, it is. All uh, right. Be sure to follow us on all the socials. Ten Things Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I shouldn't say all the socials. We're we're on this too. We should. There's we should, a lot of socials. We should go to Twitter. We should start we should. Twitter. We're gonna start Twitter. Be looking for us on Twitter. We'll we'll let you know when we're on Twitter. Uh, until next time. Uh, by the way, if you don't if you're if you're listening and don't get to listen next week uh on our christmas eve episode um be sure to uh have a great christmas enjoy time with family hope you're going to a christmas party this week at some point yeah uh but uh for the 10 things until next week my name is craig i'm aaron we will see you then bye